Okay, three, two, one, action! <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Accidental Brilliance Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and today we don't have Quincy for once. I know I kind of got tired of him, but it's okay. We got another guest. We have Alicia here today, and recently she started a blog on the introductory podcast with Quincy. I said I started a podcast because I was too lazy to write a blog, but... She's got the time for it. And two of her more recent posts were about mornings and motivation. And those two things kind of go hand in hand. And after looking through what she talked about on some of those posts, I thought it was pretty interesting and worth discussing and hearing more about what she had to say about it, as well as my thoughts about it and how they might be similar or different. So we're kind of just going to run through the main points of each of those posts and talk more about each thing. I think we should get started with motivation and then tie mornings into it uh, eventually. But to begin with motivation, I came up with five pillars of motivation with an acronym that says AIMED. So the first one is accountability. The second one is inspiration. The second one is motivation. You didn't study your own (laughs) material. (laughs) I said, the second one is motivation, but that's... It's all right. She can't count. I can't. But she's motivated, so it's fine. Okay, hold on. Accountability, inspiration, motivation, environment is the fourth one, and then discipline. And then all of those, again, spell out aimed, which I think ties into being motivated. So the first one is accountability. So basically, who's holding you responsible and who are you answering to? For me, how do I hold myself accountable is with my sister, literally with anything that we do, whether it's homework, working out, eating right, I always have a partner to do it with. And then that makes sense. For anything, you got to be held accountable, whether that's you holding yourself accountable or having other people hold each other accountable. I think that's why a lot of people say for something like going to the gym, they'll have like a gym buddy or like a study buddy so that oh, if I'm doing an assignment and you see me start, like, being on my phone, you'd be like, hey, cut that shit out, like, start studying again. Uh, I think, personally, though, I prefer, like, to be on my own more. So it's more like me keeping myself accountable and kind of an extension of that idea of holding yourself accountable. One of the things that I was planning to do in the future was take this childhood picture of me it's like this picture of me from the first day of kindergarten and framing it and having an engraving on the frame just saying like what would he think of you because at the end of the day like that's who I feel like is my biggest critic right it's yourself when you were younger because that's when you're the most innocent the most idealized like you have this picture perfect idea of what the world is and what you're gonna be and what motivates me is the thought that I let my own self down. Yeah, I think that's a real skill to have, like having the strength to hold yourself accountable because some people will make goals and make aspirations and then they'll find little little loopholes within their own goals and just say, oh, I did it yesterday. I don't have to do it today. Or I did it last week. That's better than I did it last month. And then it'll go into this endless cycle. And then at this point, like you're no longer motivated and you're not working towards your goal. So being able to hold yourself accountable I applaud you for that. 
So the second one is inspiration. So who inspires you? Why do they inspire you? What do they do that inspires you? For me, what inspires me is just looking at other people who are also creating things, whether it's like famous bloggers or whether it's people that go to a school down the street or the school that I go to, seeing people create things and have a passion for it. That inspires me to create what I want to create and have my passion for it as well. That's cool. I think uh, for me, I, it's kind of weird. I really like people that make me feel like shit. When you look at what they're doing and it's like, damn, I got to get off of, I got to get up off my ass because they have the same 24 hours as me and they're getting done in a month what would take people like six months. And that kind of lights the fire in myself because I'm like, not that I think, you know, I'm on the level as them, but it's like, clearly I could be doing more than what I'm currently doing. I tend to go on the extreme, like if you have like your favorite athlete and you see how hard they work and they already have the talent for it, but then they're still working harder than most people are at whatever they're supposed to be doing. And that's what inspires myself. I just realized something. What's up? My third one is mindset. And I said motivation. Wait, when? When I did them. Huh? When I introduced them. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay, we'll do mindset slash motivation for that one. Going off of that, when I feel unproductive, I watch productivity videos on YouTube. It's like a productive day in my life or something like that. And then that kind of like turns my mood around and lets me get stuff done. I think when I am feeling unproductive but want to falsely make myself feel like I'm kind of being productive is when I watch productivity videos where it'll be like 10 ways to be more productive or like how you can schedule your day to be more productive and stuff like that or tips to trick yourself into being productive and you don't feel like it but going off what you had mentioned I guess if we're going on to the next one right which is mindset slash motivation she fucked up (laughs) um well I guess I'll have you talk about your side of it first so mainly I would um focusing on the mindset part of it going into any type of goal or new plan that you have for yourself if you're going into it overly positive that will in the long run hurt you more than help you because you'll set this goal and then once you decide once you realize that you can't reach it then you're in a net you have that negative mindset and you're less likely to try for it again so it's it's best to be realistic not overly positive but also not like too negative about reaching your goal as well Ooh, I think that's where we might differ. Because I think, personally, I'll set something that I know is not realistic. Because I know that in chasing after that, you end up doing more than what you would have initially thought you would have been able to do. I think the part that has to be done in order for you to not go crazy is realize that like, you don't beat yourself up about not reaching what you had initially set out to do. Because what you were saying was, like, if people are overly optimistic and say, like, oh, I can get this, this, and this, and this done by the end of today, and it's, like, 10 o'clock. And then when they don't hit that, it's like, well, damn, I should have never tried. That kind of defeats them. And that was going to lead on to my second point about mindset, where something that a like, inspirational figure to me has said 
Well, they didn't say it to me. But um, David Goggins, who's like a former Navy SEAL, what he says is that motivation is actually BS and it's more important to be driven. And what he's saying is that, you know, motivation is dependent on how you feel. So let's say you watch a movie and it fires you up and you go, like, let's say you watch Rocky, right? And he's like, you watch Rocky, and the next day you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to go out and run for like 10 miles, right? You're like, because you're really motivated, because you just watched it, right? But then a week from now, when it rains, and you go, I don't feel like doing it, because it rains, like the weather sucks. Like, that's because your motivation is gone. But a driven person will do it no matter what. And I think what I took from that is that you kind of need to detach emotion from the goal sometimes and or I guess the easiest way that I applied it was to working out so working out is something that essentially you want to do every day basically right but I think I stopped looking at it like an accomplishment every day and you start looking at it as if it's just something that has to happen so I compare it to like brushing your teeth right so let's say one night you're on your bed and you're like watching Netflix, right? And the movie runs late and you fall asleep and you forget to brush your teeth, right? The next morning, you don't go, oh shit, I forgot to brush my teeth. I might as well never, you know, worry about my oral hygiene. I might as well not brush my teeth for the next like month and a half. Mm -hmm. You just go, oh shit, I didn't do it. So I'll just make sure that I brush it today and maybe I'll brush it a little harder. And so the same thing kind of goes for working out where some people, if they're starting, and then they miss a day, they might beat themselves up about it. Or if they're trying to hop on a diet and they like have a donut, they might be like, oh, well, since I already had a donut and messed up my diet, I might as well eat like shit for the rest of the day. But if you just look at it as, it, as if like that was just a stumble and you'll get back on it without any emotion towards it, I feel like that can sometimes make things easier in the long run. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that comes with practice, though. If like you're working towards something and you've been going steady for a while then I think untying emotion with it will just come with you working towards that goal but if you're starting something new it's kind of hard to take that away from it because again it's something new that you're trying for yourself that's true because that can also be why if you miss a workout it's easy to miss con- miss it continually just because it hasn't yet become a habit mm-hmm. right yeah so the next one is environment so This one, I feel like, is the easiest to understand. Basically, are you in the right environment that allows you to feel uh, motivated? Are people distracting you? Do you have people in your ear saying, oh, what are you doing? It doesn't matter. Or do you have people who are encouraging you and leading you to reaching your goal? An environment, I think, right, you covered all the bases where it's not just, like, your physical environment. Obviously, like, you know, now with the coronavirus going on, um, a lot of people are working from home and that is a change in environment that has affected a lot of people where they say like it's just really hard for me to focus at home right and so like something that i've done is make sure you have a dedicated part of your house or your room just for studying or just for work like if you can manipulate that part and close it off then you start to associate oh whenever i'm in this place it's time for work and then the more you make that a habit then it strengthens the connection between like, all right, when I'm here, it's time to work and be focused versus like the rest of your house where you do whatever. And then, so that's like the physical part of are you in the right environment? But I think 
when you talk about do you have the right people around you, mm-hmm. that that's equally important. Uh, something that I've heard that I definitely agree with is that you're the average of the five people closest to you. And I think that applies when you look at like your closest friends group, right? And why you guys are drawn to each other. It's likely because you guys have similar interests, passions, or mindsets towards things. And definitely when I look at my friends, I mean, yourself included, like a lot of us are very driven people that have goals and aspirations. But I think this is also something that is more manipulatable now than it has ever been. Because I saw a YouTuber talk about this and what he said was, let's say you are surrounded by people who like you're trying to level up. So currently you're not satisfied with who's around you right now and you're trying to level up. The way you can kind of manipulate spending more time with someone is reading like a book, like their biography. Cause then you have their own words and you're like spending time with them mm-hmm. and you're taking them in. And I think, I mean, I, I've been trying to read more often lately, but I think this also applies to like, if you have a YouTuber that you watch all the time and it feels like you're with them, then you are absorbing them as a person. Or if they have a podcast and you listen to them over and over again, like that's another way of spending time with them. And so you're slowly absorbing them as if they're your friend, even though you've actually never met them. Yeah, that's why it's important to watch what you're looking at, watch what you're reading, make sure it's giving you positive energy, positive vibes, because if you're reading so much negativity, watching negativity, and the people on YouTube aren't motivating you and encouraging you, that can really lead to um, a downward fall. The last one is discipline. So this kind of ties into what you were saying about, um, like, if you start working out and then you stop, whereas if you start and then you have one bad day and then you keep going... So how do you make sure that once you start a goal, you're not going to stop until you finish it? How are you making sure that every day you're going to work towards that goal, no matter how big or how small what you're working towards is? How do you make sure that every day you put something towards that goal? Discipline and accountability kind of go hand in hand, as if you can keep yourself accountable or someone else is keeping you accountable, that can make up for a lack of discipline. But I also think that discipline is the thing that will carry you through to your goal when the motivation starts to flee Mm -hmm. like i think mike tyson said in his podcast he said discipline is doing something that you hate as if you love it so he goes even though i'm a boxer and i love boxing there are days when you're just not feeling it but then you have to do it and that's because of discipline and this uh other person that i really like their podcast uh jocko willink who is another former Navy SEAL. Um, His catchphrase is something that I've always felt, even though I've never said it exactly how he said it. And when I heard him say it, I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I see things. And it's that what he says is discipline equals freedom, which sounds kind of counterintuitive at first, because when you think discipline, you think like structure, you Mm -hmm. think of like something strict and rigid. But basically... How he says it and how I see things is if you have like a list of all the things you have to get done, whether or not you like doing them, right? Like let's say you have your to-do list for the day and you're disciplined enough to set a schedule and follow it so that you accomplish everything by like one o'clock in the afternoon, then that gives you the freedom from one to the end of the day to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And so that's what means by like discipline equals freedom so that even goes with procrastinating on an assignment it's like 
yeah, you don't want to do the assignment, but if you're disciplined enough to get it done early, then you're free to do whatever you want for the next two weeks or whatever. I think I'm the type of person that does my assignments earlier than I need to. Not even when it comes to assignments, like submitting health insurance waivers. I already did that, even though it's not due for about like, <laughs> when is it like three weeks? Because I was like, you know what? I got to get this out of the way. I don't want it to be the day before. And my internet stops working. So a lot of it has to do with like anxiety that something bad yeah. will happen at the last minute. But the other part has to do with just having the freedom to not worry about it at the end of the at the end of the month. Yeah, and it just feels better, like a weight off your shoulder yeah. when you feel like you can finally finish it and yeah. get it done and not have to worry about it anymore. The other thing too, the reason why I was looking forward to this conversation is because I think we're motivated in different ways. I think initially I was going to say that you're a lot more positive than I am. And I think that's still true. But I also think that I'm more positive than I initially realized. Okay. So like what you were saying before, where you have to be realistic. Like, I think in that case, I'm more positive than you. Cause I'll be like, oh yeah, I could get this done in this amount of time. Even if I can't, right. I'll still shoot for it. So I think in that case, that's where I'm more positive, but I think negativity fuels me more than it fuels you. Like if someone were to be like, there's no way you could do that in four days. I'd be like, fuck you. I'm gonna do it in two days. Like just to spite them yeah well and the thing is like not even just to spite them it's just for me to use for myself Mm -hmm. i think a lot of times i would say something just to get myself going even in the most random of situations like we had an exam in which one of the adults i knew had to proctor and during the break they came up to me and were like i didn't know you fidgeted so much and talked to yourself so much i was like (laughs) oh yeah i hyped myself up (laughs) during the exam (laughs) So you're talking to yourself? Yeah, like every question, I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> I hate to sit next to you and be like, what is wrong with this kid? Actually, even when I do homework, like my friends, when we'll be studying at like midnight when shit gets really bad, you're just delirious because you start getting tired. Mm-hmm. And my friend, my roommate told me, he was like, whenever you do homework, I can't tell if you're doing well or bad on your homework. Cause he's like, you get a question right and be like, let's fucking go. But then if you get a question wrong, you'll be like, what the fuck? So I really can't tell if it's a good study session or a bad study session. So I talk to myself, but like in my head and it's like, okay, it's okay. Like we're gonna take a deep breath. Then we're gonna go on to the next one. We don't understand this one, but we'll come back to it. And then we'll do this. And like, oh, you studied this. It's fine. Like, I have these conversations oh, in my head. Oh, I don't. Mine is, why are you so <laughs> fucking stupid? <laughs> Mine's like, okay, we don't know what that means. But we're going to come back to it because there's probably something else that we've studied. Things like that. Like, like I'm taking this test with somebody else. But really, it's just myself. Ah, uh, see, that's a lot more positive. Because I go, this is so stupid. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, how many times have you practiced this? You know this. Why can't you remember it? You're dumb. And yeah. Mm-mm. Positive vibes in here. <laughs> And that's where I was like, all right, that's where we differ in, like, the fuel that we use versus, like, the mindset. Because I think the mindset is similar. It's mm-hmm. just what we need is different. <laughs> and and it's, like, different for each person. Um, In the podcast, in the introductory podcast with Quincy, one of the things that I had mentioned was, like, everybody works differently. And that's something you learn growing up. Because I think initially you think that most people think similarly to you. But that's just not true. And... I think in one of your posts, you had talked about if you're not feeling it today or if you don't feel 
in the best state to do things, it's okay to take a break, right? Mm -hmm. And in the past, I would have disagreed, right? Because my mentality is, if this is what I'm going to set out to do, I'm not going to stop until it's done, right? But if I'm looking things, you know, as as an engineer, like I look at everything like a machine, right? So even people, right? And I have to think, in order for this machine to perform the best, what does it need? And sometimes it does just need like a rest, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you unplug something and plug it back in. Yeah, turn it, <laughs> it on, turn it back off. Exactly. <laughs> that's definitely been something that I changed because I used to think, because and that's something that I incorporate now too, where if I'm studying and I feel like I'm hitting a wall, I'll either, you know, I'll go for a walk or like I'll take a nap and then come back and get right back to it and that'll be way more beneficial than if I had just sat there like waiting for it to come to me mm -hmm. basically there were times where I would stop my homework right in the middle take like a 15 minute nap and then come back to it or I would go into the kitchen and clean the dishes and then come back to it just because once you like get down and you're like keep going over and over and of the same things it starts to get unproductive and you'll waste more time sitting there than if you were to go do something else and then come back to it so that was my um mindset when talking about that part have you heard in the past where people say that humans only use what is it like 10 percent of your brain right and that's not true and i knew that wasn't true when i first heard it just because from an evolutionary standpoint <laughs> that's so inefficient yeah. for you to have like millions of years and yet only use 10 percent. i think it's more like 10 percent at a time but okay. you end up using all of it right yeah and so basically let's say, let's just use that number, right? So when you're studying, you're using that 10%, which is like your, your focusing power, right? But then um, your, the rest of your brain, like your subconscious workings, I think when you switch off to do another task, like washing the dishes, that's when that gets to sink in and you're kind of working on it behind the scenes and mm -hmm. that could help figure out what you were trying to figure out earlier, basically. Yep, I took a class called The Science of Sleep and circadian rhythms and it was a hard class but i learned a lot one of the things that i learned was that if you're doing something hard and you've like hit a wall or something sleep you're going to think about the things that you've done before you went to sleep and you kind of get insights about it and you'll make those connections not consciously of course but you'll make those connections and then when you come back to it it makes more sense uh and you formed more connections and you understand it more and i've definitely experienced that like specifically doing a math problem not understanding it going to sleep and then waking up and being like oh this is what this is talking about so um your brain still works on it but you're just kind of not actively focusing on it and that just helps when you mentioned it like i had heard that before too like if you're having trouble with something do it right before you go to bed so you can like work on it as you sleep mm -hmm. but when you mentioned it i think i have had a specific instance of this and a year ago that semester I was taking dynamics, which was kind of a hard class. I think it's the first hard engineering class that engineering majors have to take. Like everything else is physics and stuff, physics and math that you may have had some exposure to like in high school. But I think that's the first real hard engineering course. And I was studying the night before and there was something that I couldn't get, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it was about one. Because I actually, yeah, I actually don't like to pull all-nighters. So anything past one, I go, I'm not going to be any more productive than this. I might as well go to sleep, right? And 
I was lucky so that enough to where my class wasn't early. Like I didn't have an 8 a.m. the next day. So I went to bed and I woke up and I had like an hour before class. So I was like, all right, let me just look over my notes one more time, right? And in that moment, everything clicked and I was like, I understand. And then I got a hundred on the exam. <laughs> that was amazing. I'm sure it was. Have you ever studied so much before you went to bed that when you go to sleep, you dream about what you were studying? No, I'd be really mad if I had an engineering dream. <laughs> I've had so many dreams about organic chemistry. It's, and I don't know what they call it, but you're dreaming and it's like, okay, I have to solve this problem or else something will happen. Or like, I'm gonna wake up or like something like that. You've never had that before? No, my, my dreams are whack. My dreams are stuff that could have actually happened. Mm. Like I wake up and I'm like, wait, I didn't just go to school? No, because I went to school in my dream, mm. which sucks because I already go to school in real life. So when I'm sleeping, I thought I would at least be rid of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a restless sleep, like tossing and turning. Like I have to solve this problem. I have to solve this problem. <laughs> and it's I don't. Yeah. So that's why I try not to study like right before bed, like hard studying but if it's like flashcards then that's fine because again so i can think about it when i'm sleeping sleep is very important on campus there would be some nights where i could just not sleep i don't know why i don't know if it's because the bed is too small in the dorms did you have it was a soft one was it memory foam i don't know it was soft was it it an egg one i don't know (laughs) okay i don't know you remember how it felt right i don't know what kind it was though i don't either Cause when I switched from the egg crate to the memory phone, oh, night and day. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes I could just not sleep. Like my roommate would study late, and he would get back and not try to not be loud, but I would still be awake, and I'd be like, "It's fine, I can't sleep." Yeah, some rough nights. So speaking of sleep, did you like fall asleep on your phone, or fall asleep watching anything, or fall asleep with your phone to a screen at all? I usually don't fall, like, I know a lot of people will put on a movie and then fall asleep to it or something like that. I typically don't do that. I might be on my phone on Instagram or something before I sleep, but I know that's something you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Right? They ideally say that you should turn off all electronics at least an hour before you go to bed. And even if you can, like, try to dim the lights in your room to kind of simulate that it's nighttime, because... When it's dark, that's when your brain goes, oh, it's nighttime, it's time to sleep. But if you still have everything on, then your brain thinks, oh, it's still daytime, so it's time to be awake. Yeah. And I actually got for my dad a while ago, because he works um, late sometimes, I got him blue light glasses, because they're supposed to block the blue light, which I think blue light affects us more than other types of light, telling us that it's daytime more. And so doing that blocks the light and helps you go to sleep better later, which I haven't used for myself, but I might ask to see if they actually work. I bought blue light glasses just because I've worked this whole summer on my laptop and I'm going to be working this whole semester on my laptop. So I bought them and I, I mean, I guess they work. You can see a difference, but something I've had on my phone for a while is like the night mode. Once it's oh, yeah. like eight o'clock in the sunset, and it turns orange. then yeah, it switches. <laughs> But normally my phone's in day mode, so like my Instagram, my Twitter. I know, <laughs> psychopath. No. <laughs> but yeah, that's the first tip that I have about like making the most of your mornings is definitely not falling asleep on your phone. Just because I, I said it in my post, it's better to go to sleep than fall asleep. Turn all your lights off, put your phone away, and actually take time to fall into those levels of sleep rather than right. 
well, to go into those levels of sleep rather than just do it on your phone. Definitely. And that just helps with quality of sleep. Mm -hmm. A good five hours will beat like a shitty seven hours of just tossing and turning. Mm -hmm. The next thing that I have is reading and reflecting. So when you wake up in the morning, whether it's reading a blog, reading the Bible, reading some type of motivational post, something to like reorient yourself after your night's sleep and kind of put you on the right path to start your day off on the right foot. Because if you like lay in bed on your phone, scroll through Instagram, Twitter, I can honestly say there like, goes an hour. There at goes least. like three hours <laughs> yeah. if you just keep switching back and forth. But like if you get up and read something that'll like motivate you, then you can make your to do list as well and not sit in bed for a long period of time. And it'll also just make you more groggy too, laying in the bed on your phone. I watch a lot of like morning routine videos and a lot of CEOs will say one of the first things that they do in the morning is keep a journal and reflect either something that they're grateful for or they'll reflect on the previous day, like, um, I got this done and today I want to do this. And it's just stuff to kind of spark productivity for the rest of the day. Like, you don't want anything super intensive right away, mm -hmm. but it's just kind of something to ease you into that. Mm -hmm. Yep. I am all for journaling. I've had a journal for a really long time. The one that I have now still has stuff in it from, like, the beginning of my freshman year of college. And then I still have one from high school. And it's really interesting to look back on that because, like, I would write in the morning when I wake up or something random during the day or even something at night. And not only does that, like, motivate you just to see how far you've come, but it also just, again, allows for productivity to just say, oh, I did this that day. I can do more this day or I can do this this day as well. So definitely recommend writing in a journal, writing your to-do list. Or just writing what dream you had. Anything, really. No, my dream, journal, my dream journal would be boring if I kept one. It'd be like, I went to school today. I thought I forgot to wear pants. I went back home. But what if you, like, <laughs> connected your dreams somehow? What if they all had some common theme that you just didn't know about? And that you wouldn't Ooh. know about until you wrote them down? That's good. Maybe my brain's trying to tell me something. Maybe. And I'm just not. Damn. You're right. Maybe I should. I don't... I typically don't journal, but... Something I did do that kind of reminds me of what you were saying where it's cool to look back and see how you were thinking at that point in time and stuff like that. When we graduated high school, something I actually did was I wrote a letter to my future self. So I was 18 and I wrote a letter that I'm supposed to open. I think I said when I'm 25 because I felt like that was a good point. I felt like 30 was way too long and I was like, no, nah, I'm going to want to read it sooner. And I also think, oh, I think the reason I picked 25 was that's also a good kind of transitioning phase, right? I think by the time you're 30, I think most people are kind of established in not just who they are, but what they're doing, like their career and stuff. And they've gotten pretty far ahead. I think 25 is that transition from like a kid in their 20s versus almost being 30, mm -hmm. right? And that's kind of when you hit that point of, you should be into the full swing of things, right? I wrote it then because I wanted to check myself. The same thing where I said before where, like, the person holding myself accountable is me. Yeah. So, basically, prior to the start of my studies and my career, this is how, like, optimistic I was. Like, do you still have that same mindset towards thing kind of thing? And just to see if any goals have changed since then how I pictured things going at 18 versus how they actually end up turning out. So I'm actually looking forward to that happening. I used this website that said 
that they'll email me when I turn 25. Mm -hmm. But I also had a friend in high school who said that she wrote a letter um, to her future self and the website she used shut down. So she's never going to get that letter. So I also think I buried it somewhere in my Google Drive. Okay. So just in case it... You said buried. I was like, like, uh... Because the way I ordered my Google Drive is I have like a high school folder, a college folder, like a random folder, whatever. Mm -hmm. And... Within each of those folders, it's like ninth grade, tenth grade, like first year, second year, whatever. And I think I went deep into one of those folders and put it there. So if it is gone, I'll just kind of go through my entire drive and be like, ah, oh, here it is. Okay. But I mean, that's something that I would like to do. Well, something I kind of did at the beginning of this year, um, like on New Year's Eve, literally at midnight, I was like writing like my goals for the year, my mindset and all that kind of stuff. And um, it's interesting to look back on no one knew what we were getting ourselves into when we came to 2020. Um, oh, yeah. This would have been a good year to do it for. <laughs> yeah. So um, December 31st, my journal is probably going to be full. <laughs> but and then they also had to do something like that when we were in when we were freshmen in high school. We wrote a letter to our graduating self and they gave it to us at graduation. Oh, that's kind of cool. And I, like, wrote my friends' names in it, and I was like, I'm not friends with them anymore. <laughs> and then I had really, really high aspirations for myself, and I was like, man, she was, she had some high hopes. But I had good music taste. That's all I can say for that. All right, what's well, your next uh, morning pillar? <laughs> Motivation had the pillars. This is just... Stuff. Yeah. So um, another one is to make your bed. If you ever leave your room and then come back and your bed's not made, it's just like a feeling that you have. Whereas if you leave and come back and your bed is made, you feel productive. You feel already started on your day, especially when you got classes and your classes are going to be online. Coming back to a room with your desk in it and your bed's not made, you kind of want to get back in the bed. It feels so, sloppy, mm-hmm. right? If it's already messy, yeah, it's like, well, if I get in, it's already messy. But if it's made, it's like, well, I don't want to mess up how neat it looks yeah making your bed is something a lot of people say it's a lot of it's something a lot of again like a lot of military guys will say uh make your bed every morning i think the psychology behind it is you wake up and the first thing you do is accomplish a task and that builds the momentum of being productive for the rest of the day and it's something that you can like it's a task that you can accomplish where you can visually see the results Mm -hmm. and it takes less than like a minute so the the activation energy for it, I guess, isn't that high, but the results you gain from it are. Mm-hmm. I definitely make my bed more on campus than I do at home, simply because the bed is smaller <laughs> and I just have to like flail my blanket over it versus like at home, I have to walk across the other side of the bed, pull. It's a little more work, but. I'm pretty good with making up my bed, but granted, they are the same size at home and on campus. Really? Yeah. On campus, I was really good about it. As soon as my alarm went off, I didn't have time to sit in the bed because I had already stayed in bed the latest possible. So I would get up, make my bed, get my clothes. My roommate, however, did not make her bed, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and even here, I still do it. And when we start Zoom University, I'll still do it just because my desk is in my room. So that will help in making me go to my desk and not my bed. Question. Your desk, when you're working... Can you see your bed? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't. And that's on purpose. Like, I have mm-hmm. my desk turned away so that it feels as though it's a different space, even though I know if I just turn around, it's the rest of my room. Because mm-hmm. it kind of makes me feel 
more isolated. There was a time period um, last semester where I turned my desk so that it wasn't facing my bed and that the little like block thing would block my bed so I couldn't see it. But that was only when I had a really busy week and then I switched it back the next time. I mean, that doesn't really bother me. It's it's just that if my bed was unmade and I was sitting in my desk, especially if I was like in a lecture, I can be like, it's so easy to just get under the covers and watch this lecture. So another tip that I have is to exercise. And I noted this on my blog, but I think a lot of people overestimate the demands of exercise and they're like, oh, I'm going to have to do a one hour workout for it to count as exercise. And really there are 15 minute videos that you can watch. You can do yoga, you can stretch. Exercise isn't always so demanding as a lot of people isn't always as demanding as a lot of people think it is. Even if you just watch like a 10 minute exercise video, 15 minutes, start small and work your way up if that's something you want to do. Go for a walk. That's also exercise. That's what I was going to say. So, and like, it doesn't even have to be something where it's like, oh, well, damn, I'm to, like, I have to take a whole shower and everything. Like, if you just take a walk around the block, like that doesn't take up any more than 10 minutes. And you feel great just because you get to take in nature you get to feel the sun on you and it just gives you a boost for the rest of the day i think exercising in the morning is probably the most important part of my mornings to the point where now it's almost automatic like i jump out of bed and exercising is the first thing i have to do and say if i don't get to everything else i do in the day right i don't jump to saying well if I hadn't worked out in the morning, I would have had more time. Mm -hmm. I'd go, well, I should have just woken up earlier or later in the day when I was on my phone doing this, I could have... Because at that point, it's just part of the routine. Yeah. yeah. And even when I feel like I need to be productive, I'm like, okay, I got to wake up early. I got to work out. And then I got to do this, this, this. And working out kind of sets the tone for the day as well. Getting your mind right, getting your body right, and then taking a shower and then starting a day. But just if you think about it, if you all spend, if you spend an hour on your phone... But you can spend 15 minutes working out, 15 minutes showering. That's still not the same amount of time you spend on your phone. Then you still get half an hour on your phone. No. The idea. <laughs> that's not the idea. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, if you want to spend the 30 minutes on your phone. What I do want to do more in the morning, though, is stretch. Yes. I feel like that's something I've been neglecting for a while. And... I think I'm feeling it more nowadays, especially being home a lot where you're, well, well, (laughs) yes. Uh, And um, because we're sitting all day for the most part, whereas if we're on campus, at least between classes, you had to walk across campus. Yeah, there was at least a five minute walk. Exactly. I said I was going to get into yoga, but I was like, now I'll just stretch in the morning. (laughs) But that's definitely something I was trying to get into as well. And I mean, it's not hard. Like, I've been a gymnast. I've done sports where I've had to stretch. So it's just, I just need to do it, especially because we're going to be sitting in desks all day. Exactly. Stretching is not hard, but it hurts, especially when you haven't done it in a while. And especially because I was not a gymnast, but uh, (laughs) I do a lot of martial arts. And the thing is, when you've done something for so long, your body knows what it wants to do right? Because Mm -hmm. of that muscle memory. Mm -hmm. So there will be certain kicks where my body knows what it wants to do, but because we haven't stretched that way in so long, it kind of fights itself. And it's like, Ooh, I want to do that, but we can't do it right now. (laughs) Yeah. Even with tumbling too, splits, kickovers, backbends, all that kind of stuff, your mind knows what to do, but your muscles tell a completely (laughs) different story. You do it and just halfway through you feel 
a pull somewhere. Get, like, get a little dizzy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the last thing I have for your mornings is to eat a healthy breakfast. I, it sounds like cliche, but honestly, eating a healthy breakfast definitely sets you off on the right foot for the day. My favorite breakfast has been um, turkey bacon and like fried eggs. And then also avocado toast. I've eaten that a lot since March. And it holds me over pretty well. It's healthy. It's not sugary to an extent. And and green tea. Green tea is also very good in the mornings. I love green tea. Um, I'm like 50-50 on breakfast. I don't eat it most of the time. Like, I'll usually hold off until about lunch. But I might have, like, coffee in the morning or something. Sometimes when I haven't eaten anything, I feel more of, like, a clarity for some reason. And it might just be because sometimes I eat, like, shit. Like, I'm pretty sure if I ate something clean, like, say I had, like, some oats and, like, a strawberry, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't feel tired. But, like, let's say you have, like, a big-ass breakfast of stuff that, like, isn't as good for you, then I feel like a lot of energy then becomes wasted towards just digesting it Mm -hmm. and less on focusing on whatever I'm trying to do in the morning. Because at least for me, uh, the morning is definitely my time like I would consider myself a morning person but it kind of sucks because I don't enjoy waking up but it is definitely my most productive time like I get the most work done and that's what I'm thinking the most clearly I agree I definitely would rather wake up early than stay up late and do homework and that's what I plan to do this semester wake up early rather than stay up late well sometimes it sucks because I do sometimes reach that clarity at night. So then I go, ideally, my schedule would be waking up early, sleeping in the middle of the day, and then working at night, too. Hey, hey. <laughs> I was just say, um, I'm the type of person, you say, like, you don't, you rarely eat breakfast. I'm the type of person where if I'm up for, like, two hours and I haven't eaten breakfast, it's, like, the end of the world. And that's not how I used to be. Um, in high school, I didn't eat breakfast. And then something clicked. I guess I got older, wiser. I think that's what it was. And now it's just I have to eat breakfast. Even if it's, well, I can't. If it's a granola bar, then I'm still, it's not it. But I have to eat a good breakfast. Yeah, it definitely depends on the breakfast. And depends what time it is. Because I think when I talk about, like, eating something clean for breakfast so I don't feel like shit, I think that's true up until about 10.30 to 11. Then it basically becomes lunch. Then it doesn't really matter. And at that point... If you had gotten up relatively early, then it really wouldn't be considered the morning anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the coolest feelings is when you do get up early and then you look at the clock and it's 11 o'clock and you're like, oh shit, I still have the whole day ahead of me mm-hmm. and I've already done like this, this, and this. One of the things that, well, let me ask you first. If you have a lot to do, what time do you get up in the morning? Somewhere between 5.30 and 7. That is an hour and a half gap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's... Or I guess, let me rephrase it. How much time would you prefer before the thing that you have to do? So let's say you have work or school at 8. And you have stuff you want to get done before, like working out, or if you even want to get a jump on, like, an assignment or, like, a blog post or whatever. Like, how many hours before would you want to get up? An hour and a half earlier to two hours earlier. Yeah. So get up at, yeah, like six-ish. Yeah. I think same. 
Actually, that's not true. I think <laughs> I think um, an hour and a half to two hours before is enough for me to work out. But if I want to get stuff done, also, I need more time. And this happened. I think I had mentioned it, but I hadn't explained it because I was like, I'll explain it once we actually record. So uh, there was a time where I was waking up at like 4.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And this was senior year of high school. And it was the beginning of senior year. And I was kind of on. Yeah. <laughs> hit me. That's <laughs> Yeah, the sun wasn't even up. But um, I, I was kind of on this, like, you know, you have like your your dips and your peaks on how motivated you feel mm -hmm. well i was definitely on a high obviously and just because i was hearing stuff like you know all these navy seals wake up at 4 30 the rock wakes up at four in the morning and i'm like clearly there's some like golden hour to this that like i want to see how it is for myself as well and i had also started looking into like alternate sleep patterns just because i had seen an article where it was like if you can reduce your sleep to this many hours, you gain like two more months in the year. And I was like, holy shit, that's a lot, right? But um, it's like strategically placed. So it's like if you get less sleep in the night, but you take like an hour and a half nap later, gotcha. then you can reduce like the total amount of hours, right? I think I was going to sleep at like 11, 11.30 and waking up at 4.30 to like 4.45ish, which when you count it out, that's not that bad when you consider like there are people in high school that would go to sleep at one and wake up at six, which is the same amount of hours, but I guarantee it's a, a shittier quality of sleep at that point, right? Mm -hmm. And basically the reason that I did this was, so I'd wake up at 4.30, I'd work out for, let's say like 40-ish minutes, take like a quick ass shower, eat something small, and then this time uh, until the bus came where I drove to school, between that amount of time because school starts like seven so you probably had to leave like 6 40 ish right so that's why i asked like how many hours prior to because if i had to leave at like 7 50 you know and i woke up at four that gave me like three ish hours so i'd work out i'd shower i'd eat a little bit and the main thing that i would do between those times is all my college shit that's when i was applying to schools applying to scholarships just because i didn't have time for it the rest of the day because we still had homework and projects and like capstone stuff to work on as well and that just helped me get everything done but it was definitely a struggle and then I would come home from school at like 2 30 ish and knock out for like an hour <laughs> but I mean that's good though did you feel like more awake after your nap like you can do yeah anything after that? yeah and it's cool to to wake up early like that early extremely early and you're the only one awake because even, like, distractions, like, social media, like, no one's on Instagram at, yeah. like, four in the morning. Yeah. So it feel like, there's just a clarity in the quiet where it's just you. And that was great. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I kind of want to get back to it. Four is a little, four is a little wild. Four is in the middle of the night. Four is not <laughs> even the morning. Five? Four is a little, I, th I think five might be a good place to settle because yeah. I think four was... Like I said, you have to count back the hours. Because if we were going to school, like, before 7, you know, 4 gave me, like, 3 hours. But, you know, if my earliest class is, like, at 8 a.m., then that would translate to, like, 5-ish. So I think that might be a better place to settle. Yeah, I might try 5.30. Just because, like you said, with the quiet and the clarity, so, one, my learning is more efficient, and, two, it doesn't take me as long to do assignments just because I'm, like, 
freshly awake, motivated, and have a clear mind. So I do think I will try and get up early. Might not happen on the first day, but probably like second week. I'll text you to make sure. Hmm? I'll text you to make sure. If you're getting up at 5.30 at like 6.30, I better see like Alicia just finished the workout. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. We'll see. But I do still want to wake up early and work out before my classes. We'll just have to see how it goes, honestly. This is new for everyone. Everybody. Yeah, I think I'm still trying to wake up early during the school year. And I think previously what I would have done is, well, I'd say I have about a week and a half until classes, so I should start practicing. But I think if I'm looking at this like strategically, I will pre load up on sleep now in anticipation of missing out on it during the semester okay and so i'll just go straight into it on the first day of school like all right it's time to work and and try to get up maybe not five but like let's say like six thirty, and then like kind of push back each day and then i also make up for it on the weekends as well and i actually don't have classes on friday this semester so mm-hmm. thursday night most Friday my, morning, I can just knock out completely. Most of my classes aren't even meeting at specific times, so if I wanted to not have class on Friday, I could. Oh, they're not um, live lectures? No. I prefer live lectures, just because I need the structure. Like, I need the routine. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to make my own live lecture schedule to where I watch this, the same lectures at the same time, on like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, just for my sanity. Um, especially with labs, like my labs aren't meeting at the same time. I have a lab too, and they emailed us saying that they're going to mail us a lab kit, so I guess we're still doing the labs. I don't know how this is really going to work out. We do not get a lab kit. They say y'all have videos and sample data. <laughs> Make it work. Let me ask you something. Do you prefer, because I think this was something I learned um, from the first year of college up until now, was that what I had anticipated was not true. So initially coming out of high school, I was like, let me space out my classes during the day so I don't feel overwhelmed with information. But what I found was if I gave myself anything shorter than an hour and a half between classes, I wasn't productive. Like there wasn't anything to do, especially living on campus. Just the walk would take up 20 minutes. So then you have maybe 50 minutes and you could eat, but like it's kind of hard to get a lot done. And especially if the gap is only an hour, you kind of feel like if I were to start doing work, by the time I get into the flow of things, I have to get up and leave for class anyway. Mm -hmm. So then I actually later preferred just having everything back to back to back to back and Mm -hmm. knocking it all out. Yeah, I definitely prefer that because like like you said, my first semester, I would go to class and then I would come back. I would sit for a little bit and I would eat. And by the time I would want to start something, I would have to go to another class. And I thought that that was ideal. But then second year... I literally have all of my classes like 10 to 15 minutes apart. And while the walk in between is kind of chaotic, but I would prefer all of the uninterrupted time at the end of the day rather than those chunks of time in between those classes. Definitely. And you get it done a lot sooner. Like if you start, like even if you don't want an 8 a.m. and you start at 10 a.m., like at most you're going to have three, four classes in one day is already pushing it, right? So three classes in a day, like if you start at 10, that's just like from 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. Or even from 10 to 2. And, like, that's a good amount of time for the rest of the day. Yeah. 2 I think even... Um, what's up? I was like, 2 p.m., that's still the beginning of the day. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
I think even before too, where I thought if I do have to take back to back classes, let me make sure they're not all technical classes. So I think there was a semester where I felt like it was okay because I went from like communications to math and then physics. And it was like at least, no, it was flipped. It was like math and then communications and then like physics, mm-hmm. right? And it was like, okay, well, at least there's like a switch in mindset, right? So it's not super technical. And I was gonna ask how you felt like if, eventually what I found was it didn't really matter if I had like two engineering classes and a physics class lined up because it was kind of easy to already be in that mindset mind state and just stay that way the entire day is that the same like if you were to have like a bio class and then a chem class and then a bio class like back to back to that honestly I've never thought about it that way so I guess that means that like I'm already in that mindset like I don't mind going from bio to chem to math or things like that mainly just because I'm already like like I said in that mindset I didn't I didn't feel like I needed to break it up with something like in English or communications or anything like that well I mean we're approaching time right about now I mean I thought this was a good episode Alicia's definitely gonna be back we gotta have Alexis on (laughs) and then you guys at the same time that would be so chaotic but okay (laughs) we gotta have both of them on guys she is a twin she does (laughs) (laughs) she does and I mean I'm friends with both of them so I think that'd be cool. I've also been telling them that they need to start a YouTube channel because I think they would kill it on YouTube. First of all, they're twins. So like, that's already enough said. But then also, as you could tell, they're, it, well, at least she is. Um, but they both are like highly intelligent and driven people as well. And athletes on top of that. So I, and they don't curse. So they're ad friendly and they wouldn't get demonetized. So I think they do really well. But I'll have them on at the same time at some point. What Thanks for listening. <laughs> huh? What would our topic be? For what? The podcast or yeah. your YouTube channel? <laughs> the podcast for me and Alexis. I'll come up with something. Okay. Honestly, there's going to be podcasts where I just turn it on and we'll just see what we talk about. Okay. Yeah. But thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.